I'm your announcer, Joey Clams, and you're listening to the Genghis and Ragman Show, where a couple of metalheads talk about hard rock and heavy metal while drinking and writing craft beers from around the country. And don't forget to stick around after tonight's festivities for a one-on-one interview with our featured guest. Hi, this is David Reedman, and I gave you the right to rock. For two guys who are so metal, they sleep in the garage. It's Genghis and Ragman. don't want you to explain it. It's not wheezy. Did you ever watch Weird Science? It's it's a classic. We love it. So, in the bar. Yeah, you got it. So, I ran a 5K tonight. 
That's why I'm late. Sad. I didn't ask. There's crickets. Yep. What the fuck's wrong? What's you wrong? Care. Your nope, buddy is out there improving himself. Good for you. For the, <laughs> the betterment of man. Uh-huh. While I'm sitting here waiting on my ass. Everybody says you're cranky. I, I read they? shit, and they're Who's like, this everybody you're talking about? Like four people? Five. Okay. My bad. <laughs> My bad. It's like, why is he so mad? It's like, I don't know. Uh-huh. They want to know, know why the you're shit cranky. that goes on before this show starts. The shit that goes on before? I mean, uh-huh. there's not a lot going on before that we don't record. That's kind of the problem. We should record that to somebody at the ground. I agree. I agree. See, John and I are on the same page with a few things. Not many, but a few. Cool. So, have you yeah. been vaccinated? No. I got my first shot last week. Cool. You proud of me? No. It's just a shot. So, I got to get build sec- the fucking pyramids. Are you going to get one or no? What are you going to do? Uh, if they offer it to me, I guess. You're. It's offered. How do you know? Dude, we're above 50. 50 and above. Oh, it's Even available, but I mean, I got to go looking for it. I'm too well, lazy for that. CVS. I'm not going to go for fucking CVS. I'm not going to them for nothing. Why not? That's the dirtiest, nastiest fucking building there is on my block. <laughs> CVS just... sucks dick. What, do you live in the hood? No, every CVS, that's the problem. Every CVS is the fucking hood. Every CVS is a shithole. What about Walgreens? Walgreens They're is... also a shithole. They're just a nicer shithole. <laughs> they are. Have you ever been to one? It yes, looks like I got my shot room. there. Okay, well, good for you. I mean, I wouldn't do that. I'd do it at a hospital like a Kroger? normal person. Would you go to Kroger? I'd go to a hospital like a normal person. Oh, okay. okay. Why would I do it at a drugstore? Well, what about NRG? What the fuck? Like the drive through thing. Like I don't the even little, know the, the stadium They're... thing. Like, I'm going to drive all the way to the stadium for that. <laughs> Fuck it. No, what, are they going to have to come to your house and, like, vaccinate you? No, but, like, I, I go see my doctor every six months. Maybe I'll go check her out. So I, want to, I want to vaccinate you, man. Yeah, if it's while I'm here, if you can do one of those, yeah, why not? <laughs> you got to come back a month later, though. If you do that one, isn't there one that's only one? Uh, Johnson Johnson, yeah. Well, there you go. See? One Dude. shot. Dude, we're coming out of the COVID. Okay. We are. Dude, shows are coming back. Dude, Megadeth is rescheduled for August. Are we going? Uh, If there's no mass and none of that shit, then sure. Well, technically, uh, we here it comes. Have... What? You're about to tell me some Pardon? bullshit restrictions. Pardon? Here it comes. Say it. No, I'm just saying technically the governor said no mask unless the venue unless, request yeah. it. Okay. In other words, uh, mass. <laughs> right? I don't know. I mean, I mean dude. So I you mean, haven't this... even found out yet. You're just got such a hard on for it that you don't give a shit. You're gonna go anyway. I just got a thing from Live Nation said, "Hey, your your concert's back on." Ginger too. Okay. When? When's Ginger? Uh, hold on. I'll tell you. I don't know. Let's see what Live Nation says. Like I trust Let's Live Nation. See. What? Where is it supposed to be? Where is Megadeth it's... playing? Uh, Woodlands. Fuck that. So Megadeth... No, we, we already had tickets. It's August 22nd. Oh, fuck. Uh, oh, okay. Ginger, December 7th. That's better. 
Okay. With Suicide well, Talents and TBA opener. Don't care. Where, where are they playing? I can't wait to see TBA. Um, House of Blues. House, okay. That sounds like a good show, actually. Well, we have tickets. I bought tickets prior to COVID. Sweet. So if that show... Bought, go ahead. And if that show is clean, like, like in, just like a regular pre-COVID show, as far as what I got to wear to go there and all that, yeah. then I'm down with it. So Megadeth Lamb of God that I bought you a ticket for and me a ticket for is on mm -hmm. August 22nd at Cynthia Woods. That's a ways off. They might be cool by then. Okay. And it's outside, right? Yeah. So oh, that's not so you won't have to wear the mask. I hope not. It's safe. You'll be okay. John will be there in tow. Shit. Keep people away from you if you get nervous. Yeah, right. Maybe we'll bring Tommy. Tommy, he kind of gets in anywhere. He's just like, I got Because he's usually working card. with the crew. That's why. Well, he's got a union card, so. He's like a permanent roadie. Yeah. Pretty exactly. much. Pretty much. So, uh, Eric Martin at the end of the month. End of Our the month. brother from I another mother. Uh -huh. Yeah. I'm going. Okay, cool. He's already said, bring it on, brother. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I think and, then, and then May 7th, uh -huh. Winger. Eight. May 8th. Night Ranger? That's a damn. Warehouse Live. You gonna get both of those? Yeah. Why, why am I even asking? You're gonna jerk off to every one of these shows. Fuck it. Oh, well, here, let me give you my concert calendar and then we'll jump into the beer of the show. Um, let me see. Eventbrite? What are you looking around? You got a B in there or something? I'm looking for who asked you to pull out the calendar. Oh, you did. Uh uh. Subliminally. <laughs> I saw that shit. He was like, look around, like, doing some voodoo shit and stuff like that. Is there a cheese spike thinking? What? Is there a cheese spike? Is my cheese spike? Tea, not cheese. Tea, tea. is my tea spike. No, it's just yes. tea. You put spike in there. Nope. Nerds. Uh, nerds? Who puts fucking roofies in tea? <laughs> I bet you do, you fucker. Okay, so Weir, May 7th. Night Ranger, May 8th. Back to back shows. Is that what's Slaughter and Kicks, June 12th. Warrant, Lita Ford, and Bullet Boys, June 25th. Warehouse Wired, Buck Cherry, and Saliva, June 26th. Uh, Sebastian Box already been canceled again. <laughs> Faster Pussycat in Enough's Enough on July 31st. Mm -hmm. And guess what? The best one yet, Holmes? Roundness on November 7th. Damn, they're pulling these concerts in hardcore. Yeah, so you and I had a discussion, and, and here's I'm a little bit lost on this one because I want to say we both had tickets to King's X, they're coming. But we no longer have tickets, or at least I don't. You had to rebuy them or something? Did I, I, don't, I don't even know if I got a refund. That's what I was going to say. It's like if, if they canceled it, you should have gotten a refund. Yeah, but didn't you Otherwise, have tickets? Otherwise, where the fun? I don't even remember now. Dude, that was like two or three years ago. Because exactly. Jerry, That's why I don't fucking yeah. remember. Which it's means like, they may have fucked me out of my $10 ticket. Wasn't it like 10 bucks? I got it cheap or something? Yeah. yeah you don't yeah. remember? And I, didn't, like, I don't remember getting a fucking refund. Exactly. They're like, oh, fuck it. It's been and so now you long. want me to buy it again? So fuck that. 
They won't remember, mate. They yeah. won't. That's why they're trying to fuck us. That's not cool, man. No, sir. Why don't we play some tunage before we oh. jump into the brewski? Mm -hmm. You got anything up your sleeve over there? Yeah, I got some stuff. Let's see what, what you, you got over there, girl. Let's see. How about a little bit of... Um, I'll save the, the bottom. How about this new band that's fucking amazing called Tetrarch that I just... I don't know if we played them before, but... They, Pet I, I Shark? Tetrarch. Oh, sorry. <laughs> as in Tetra, as in uh, four? Yeah. So Tetrarch. So uh, I think they're from Atlanta, I think. They're a quartet. Uh, pretty heavy. Uh, they're on Napalm Records. They got a new album. I think it's something stable. Can't remember. This track, though, is called Negative Noise. Let's do it. Pretty heavy shit out there. Some pretty heavy riffs. She's all about that whammy, Holmes. The whammy, Holmes. She's got the whammy pedal and goes wee wee. Does that shit, but she does it tastefully. Oh, nice. Man, it sounds cool. Oh, sweet man, sweet. Um, and dude, I mean, here shortly. I mean, like we just we're talking about. There's gonna be more live shows. Hopefully, bands like that will be coming around that we'll be able to check out. You know. Well, like I said, if the shit goes back to pre-COVID. Uh, situation. We talked about this before. Then, then yeah. I might be down with it. I don't know if I'm going to trust that shit in the next month or two. That's a little too soon. Right. So maybe after June or July, I'll be like, mm, I'll start to consider shows. Well, if, if we... things look cool. Right. Right. So, and I have to say for that for for that topic, you know, uh, the numbers. All you got to do those those graphs. The numbers are out, and yeah. Texas has been rocking. Ever since uh, the governor released the restrictions, everyone's like, oh, you just signed their death warrants and all the other fucking doom and gloom horseshit that idiots say. Yeah. And yet the numbers have been steadily going down. We haven't had no problems. Right. So, right. And that's because and it, it's a year later. It, there's a big difference between when the thing first started. You know, it has been about a year now and we didn't know dick about it and it was freaking everybody out. And now it's like we've been running all the hospitals like we've been doing the handling this shit for a year. So the people that do get it, um, less of them have to go to the hospital. And the people that do go to the hospital, less of them end up going to ICU. And the people that do go to ICU, less of them end up dying. So we're handling right. it a lot better than we ever used to. So you got to factor that in to, to all that stuff. And plus now, you know, vaccines are getting around. So we're going to up 
you know, the, the numbers towards that herd immunity, whatever that magic number is. Mm-hmm. But uh, the numbers are showing, like I said, the graphs are looking all just, just dropping uh, ever, ever since uh, the mandates were lifted. So yeah, it seems like so far, now we don't want to counter chickens for the hatch, but so far after like a month or whatever, not, not too shabby. Looking good over here. So if things get better, then I, I'd be down with it. But I, I, I got, we talked about before, I ain't going to no show where I got to wear a mask even just to get into the damn place because that's just stupid. Well, after the uh, beer of the show, I'll talk a little bit about one show I've been to before we jump into news right. and kind of give you that experience. Uh, so, Mr. G. tonight uh kind of a double shot the last show we did we had one from this brewery but this is more from my uh, i guess travels to uh the colorado area tonight is the four noses mandarina velvet look at that Ooh, nice i'm not nice. sure who that guy's supposed to be it looks like he's probably supposed to be somebody famous or something it's, it's like somebody's dad or something at the brewery i asked one time i kind of forgot the story but there's a, there's a little story about uh, behind it, and uh, some of them he's like wearing a Hawaiian shirt. This one he's wearing a suit. Oh, uh, okay, so it's, so it's the same guy all the time. You just put him in different sort yeah, of yeah. Just for the scenarios. Velvet series, it's like a milkshake IPA type thing. So, uh, shock. What? I didn't know you liked those. Stout I love. <laughs> so what do you know about this beer, Paisan? Anything? Uh, well, let's read what they got to say over here. It just says introducing the. Mandarina Velvet, a milkshake style India Pale Ale brewed with tangerine, uh, blood orange, mandarina, Bavaria hops, vanilla, and lactose. This bright and lazy, uh, bright and hazy velvet is rich with citrus, bringing a taste of summer sunshine to the cold, drab winter months. With a touch of lactose, you are left satisfied with an orange creamsicle sensation. We push the citrus even further by using mandarina Bavaria hops as they are known for their punch of citrus tasting notes. Mandarin season usually runs from mid-November through early February, making this the perfect time to add citrus to our beloved velvet recipe. Because that, of course, is their sort of base that Four Noses likes to do. They got that hazy IPA sort of base, and they just add different things. Like last yeah. time, we had, what, the coconut velvet, I coconut, think it was? yeah. So this is the mandarin velvet. So, uh, I mean, obviously, it's going to look like you would expect, like a big, giant uh, carbonated orange juice. But uh, I think you'll give us the rest of the deal details on that since you got it there before you. All right, there we go. So it's poured in a Four Noses glass. Very nice. Look at that there, Paisan. Ah, it looks like the Spiegel glass, yeah. Ooh, scary, scary. Very scary. <laughs> so uh, call back to the SCTV homes. Always, so, dude. Anyway, uh, this thing's fucking beautiful. It looks like orange juice. It really does, man. Uh, no real it looks, it looks like you that. know how I'm not as big on these as you are, but I have to say that looks delicious. 
Oh, dude, I mean, just I the look of it. It's fucking beautiful over here. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, I'm sure you've had this before. So let's be honest. Well, I had it on draft at the brewery, but I haven't Which had it. It's probably game, amazing. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was fucking awesome. So, so uh, right. little snippage. Pure oranges, Holmes. <laughs> smells good, man. Smells. Good, I like man. the mix that they're saying, man. I mean, you, you can continue on, but I'm just saying, like when they said uh oranges blood oranges and the mandarin all the, all that shit sounds like that's a nice combo of different i like how they mix different oranges together hell yeah to get this new sort of mix this flavor so so uh, uh appearances a four easy uh yeah. smells a four clinkage how about the taste the true taste i think we know where this is going yeah uh uh, I mean, none of these beers is ever different. <laughs> you jerk sure. off to every one of them, so it's like you would love this, Holmes. It no, tastes it, like corn juice. It, really it looks like it's actually. It looks like that. Looks like. See, the thing I, I what I like about the hazy IPAs, the ones that are mm -hmm. like that. I don't need all the milk sugar. It's probably like way too much fucking carbs in it. But uh, I I like that if you're gonna have a beer on a nice hot day, and it's gonna start getting hot soon. Oh yeah, uh, we're almost there. You want something refreshing and delicious. I think that's why the lawnmower beers are supposed to be the ones to hit that spot. But mm -hmm. I think what's clearly replaced the lawnmower beer uh, is the is the hazy IPA. I think that's gonna take the cake because on a hot ass summer day and you finish mowing the fucking lawn and you want to sit down on the porch and enjoy something, it's like I think yeah. you're gonna reach for one of those for sure. Jonathan, hit the horns. Yep. All right, so. I want to play a track. I was jamming this earlier. Um, in this record, it just—I kind of feel bad that uh, I think it came out in 2020, and we didn't give it a lot of uh, props on the show. But man, it's so solid. Uh, the brand new one from Labyrinth. Oh no, no, no! No, it came out in 21, so February. So we slided it by a month and a half. Okay. This could be one of my favorite records going into the new year so far. It's really strong. Uh, the new, name of the new record is called Welcome to the Absurd Circus. This circus seems somewhat absurd, right? So uh, the song I was jamming to earlier was called One More Last Chance. Uh, again, just classic labyrinth, good power metal, little proggy, very cool stuff. Let's check it out. Sin before signs of age on his face and the mirror replies This is just you you were disrupted by someone else's life wasting your time
chat a little bit I went to my first show and it's a band I saw last probably two years ago uh, and they were really good a band called Adelita's Way and uh, you're a pretty big fan of them aren't you uh, Python I know we were fans of the first rec- couple records right yeah I can't say that I uh, know of any stuff that I've listened to since then not because I've been avoiding it just I just I've been listening to so much sh- shit that I could have listened to it and not even realized it Right. That that that's the thing about we get inundated with a lot of music, so you're like, oh yeah, they're cool. So there's some bands that kind of stick around, right? Mm-hmm. And they stay in your focus, and you're like, oh fuck yeah, I love this song, blah blah blah. And then the Adelaide's Way is kind of one of those bands for me. I mean, I bought probably almost every one of the records, but are there songs that stand out? I'm like, oh yeah, that's my favorite, or blah blah blah, you know. So, uh, I really enjoyed, I saw them a few years back, I, th- I want to say at Scale Park, and it was uh, them, Sons of Texas, and uh, Taking Dawn, and love Taking Dawn, very, very cool band. Yep. Um, but no, the, dude, it was really cool, I went with an old friend, and kind of like the Phil Lewis experience, to mm-hmm. where you're, you walk in with a mask, and then you go to seats, right? So it, there's mm-hmm. no seat assignments, but you go to whatever seat you want to sit at, mm-hmm. and then you stand there and take your mask off. Mm-hmm. So there's social distancing, but you're not sitting there with a mask on. You know, it's not like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and dude, the band just fucking rocked. But the thing is that I saw is if we went up to the bar to get a beer, we wore the mask. Go back to our seat, and then finally, you know, at warehouse, so you're on the floor, and you go to that left side. And there's like that area where you can walk up, yeah, and yeah. then kind of get closer to the stage. So, yeah, uh, my buddy and I walked up over there mm-hmm. and just watched the show from there with no mask, and it was know. really cool. So, I know what you, I get your points. Like, fuck this, I'm not going to go do the mask thing. The mask was involved really getting in the door. And then go to the bar, but other than that, it wasn't even a factor anymore. Okay. Um, so that was cool. And, and I was at, I actually went to a wedding this weekend. And hold on before we even get on that. I'll, let's, let's go with some new Adelaide's Way. So if they're brand, or actually not brand new, it came out last year. It's called uh, Shine On. Actually, it came out in August. So it's been out for a little bit. Why don't we go with the track What It Takes?
so this weekend, I went to a wedding in Fredericksburg, Texas, uh, which was, I've been there one time, uh, the guy I went to high school with. You remember uh, Holder, that guy yeah. Holder? Yeah, yeah, yep. so he got married, and uh, he had some breweries out there, and after the reception, we went to this all-stop brewery in Fredericksburg, which is really fucking cool. It's like this, it's like a German brewery that they fucking picked up out of Germany and laid in fucking Fredericksburg, Texas. Fucking that. They spent millions and millions of dollars on this, I guess, the tap room and the brewery itself to make it look like just a German brewery, German beer garden, whole nine yards. And they actually, all the uh, water, hops, barley, everything they get to make the beer is imported from Germany. Nothing's locally sourced. Damn. So it's kind of a pretty cool concept that you're like, oh, you're going to a lot of expense here. It's like to... kind of an expensive concept is what it sounds like. Yeah, but that said, the place is fucking packed. So they've probably made their money back, I'm sure. Are they so new, we went there... Huh? Are they new, you said? Uh, I would say they've probably been around about four or five years. Oh, okay. So not really. It's called Allstadt. Okay. Uh, but in all their beers are pretty much German style beers. Well, like, of course, yeah. Clearly, they're going for a German Heifeweizen. Right, right. A Pilsner, lagers. Right. Yeah, yeah. They're clearly going for a German thing. thing. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. So, That's cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool place. So from there, we were like, hey, there's an after party at this place called Crossroads. So, Crossroads is your average just fucking bar. Dude, you walk in there. You walk in with the mask and after that, it's just, don't even think about it. I mean, everybody's in there. It's like COVID never existed as soon as you walk through that door and were carted and all that stuff. It was kind of weird. It's kind of surreal. And they had a really shitty cover band there. I mean, that's not part of the story here, but it was just weird being in a place where it's like COVID didn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And there's, I guess there's going to be moments like that now going forward as, you know, the mask order's not really a factor anymore, in Texas at least. Uh, but kind of interesting, I thought, that you walk in, it's like time kind of went back two years ago. You know what I'm right. saying? Sure. It's kind of interesting. So, not that that meant a lot, but I thought I'd throw that in. Apparently. A little color. Yeah. Thank you, Ragman. I was kind of curious to see what you're up to on the weekends. You don't need to know what I'm up to on the weekends. I know what you're up to, I'll tell you that. You do? <laughs> Do you know your house was wired, Holmes? No. Well, you do now. There you go. Oh shit, I'm thinking that loud again. You aren't trusting that. Just joking. Just joking. So, news topics? You're not even worried that he may have your house. Him and Tommy might have wired You're your house. You're gonna hear a fucking word he said, so I don't even know what he's talking about. <laughs> he said your house was wired with cameras. Okay. But Tommy did it. Well, so. So, yeah, you're not saying shit anyway. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. So, what you got there for a topic over there, Paisan? 
Uh, this is the thing I'm sure you would be concerned about because it says that the journey members past and present have resolved their legal dispute. Ah. All right. Past and present? Yep. So that'd be Ross Fowry and uh, Steve uh, Smith. Uh, Smith, yeah. Yeah, Neil Sean and Jonathan Kane reached, quote, amicable agreement with former journey members Steve Smith and Ross Fowry. So you would probably know more of the details on that one. Uh, I just thought it was interesting because it's about, you know, journey, right? And I, they've been so out of the news for so long. I was just like, do these fuckers still even tour? And if so, I mean, I guess the only thing really anyone really worries about at this point is, is Steve Perry ever going to fucking rejoin them for a show? Oh, dude, they tour like a motherfucker, dude, every summer until COVID, dude. Okay. So kind of what had happened was, uh, so Ross Valerie and Steve Smith's like, ah, we're leaving. And then they tried to sue for the journey name or some stupid shit like what? that. It's well, like like I, you guys or anybody without Neil, Sean, and or Steve Perry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that was the thing. They're like, it's like, what the fuck, dude? I don't think they even quit the band. I just think they said, hey, we want the journey name or we want rights to the journey name. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. I, again, Jonathan Kane is not an original member. He came in much later. Steve Smith and Ross Valerie were in there towards the beginning, but Neil Sean's really the only real original guy from Journey. Yeah. And Neil Perry was actually brought in uh, at a certain point, you know, in the 70s, too. Oh, okay, yeah. as, as, as so, a singer. Well, right. according to this from Louder Sound, it says, uh, so drummer Smith and bassist Valerie were sacked from Journey on March 3rd, 2020, following claims that they had attempted to stage a corporate coup d'etat to gain control of one of the band's business entities, Nightmare Productions. So following their dismissal, Sean and Kane sought to claim $10 million in damages from the duo, stating that the pair had, quote, destroyed the chemistry, cohesion, and rapport necessary for the band to play together, unquote. So Valerie fired back on April 17, 2020 by filing legal papers of his own at the Contra Costa County Superior Court and uh, calling the allegations uh, baseless, and Sean and Kane's actions outrageous, claiming that the pair caused him to suffer severe emotional distress. Whatever. I love when people talk like that. So thankfully, all this unpleasantness has now been laid to rest. So I guess that's good. I don't. I doubt yeah. that means, though, that they're like, well, now we're all just going to go back to working together and love each other just like we always did. We're all pals now. Yeah, I doubt, I that. doubt that very seriously. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. But, uh... You know, it says here, Valerie and Smith wish their former bandmates well and much success in the future. And Journey looks forward to continuing a tour to make new music for their dedicated fans around the world. So, like I said, that's all well and good as far as sort of getting rid of the legal crap. I mean, it didn't have anything to do with the with the with the uh, the touring because, for all I knew, if you went and replaced Smith and Valerie uh, with two other session dudes or something to handle the drumming and the bassing, I don't think I'd notice. To be honest with you, I don't think you would notice, but actually, Steve Smith's like supposed to be a, just a fucking awesome, uh, like jazz drummer guy. Oh, okay. But again, in Journey, that's not really warranted, right? That's the thing. So, I never thought of Journey as like you know some sort of like another Rush or something where it's like the drums were just integral, like for that or for that amazing drumming that. Right, I mean, right. Their drumming sounded think, pretty normal to me. I well, they were like almost kind of like a jazz fusion band early, early, early on. Okay. Uh, before they got more commercial. Uh, okay. So they did and that's when I came in with, 
like most yeah. people is in the commercial area like separate ways and all that i think is when they yeah. really blew up so by then they probably weren't doing the funky jazzy stuff yeah well when they hit escape i think um any way you want it was yeah. like their first flight i mean they had like wheels in the sky and lights and stuff like that those were big hits you had any way you wanted, and then right after that, you get Escape, where you get all the big hits like Open Arms and uh, really ballady Stone in yeah. Love, and all those those great songs. Yeah. Uh, and that's where Journey blew. I mean, that's really <clears throat> again, that's when I really kind of got into kind of rock music was that era. And I remember, I mean, just like Van Halen on like uh, a Diver Down. Journey was a band that I dreamt, like, I was having dreams. I was going to fucking Journey on, like, Escape. My brother took me on Frontiers. Uh-huh. And uh, I, so I got to see him on Frontiers, but I never saw him on Escape. And I knew people in eighth grade were like, hey, we went to Journey, and they're wearing their T-shirts on Escape. I'm like, fuck you, and <laughs> go, and yeah. fucking It had a real sing- mystique back in the day when but I was dude, in, like, they, junior high. Singer, if you think of that early 80s period with the fucking classic records, so you have Journey Escape, Back in Black by ACDC. You know, I mean, these huge fucking albums. Yeah. And you're just fucking like, motherfucker, dude. Uh, I mean, Diary of a Madman, Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, stuff uh, now that is considered legendary yeah. and just classic stuff is like, just think we were there when the shit debuted. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I wasn't there when like Rain, well, like maybe when Black Sabbath debuted or something like that. But I can appreciate it, of course. But I wasn't there, so it's always something different when you're there when it comes out. You were like, like right. we were there when Master Puppets came out, whereas all the kids now are like, dude, have you heard of Master Puppets? It's like, yeah, 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 I know Master Puppets. Dude, I mean, but we were we were right on the edge. Yeah, yeah. Of that era where we're like, fuck. And dude, I saw some great shows. I saw Judas Priest screaming for vengeance. Yep. Again, one of my favorite records from Priest. Sammy Hagar, Standing Hampton, when he was really kind of breaking out. Uh, I saw it some was, good shit. I'm not going to complain. Iron Maiden on Peace of Mind. Okay. But if I could have seen him on Number of the Beast. <laughs> it's a know. great era for music, man. That's it's all. That's all we can right. say. There's still plenty of great music coming out. It's not to shit on anything now. I'm just saying. That stuff that, like I say, is legendary to us metalheads. Right, Even right. new metalheads, they're like, everyone's heard of Peace of Mind and all those classics. But it's like, we were there when the shit came out. And so I remember when I was in junior high, I didn't know what it was to go to a concert. But I knew that when I saw, the one thing I always remember is as a kid is seeing someone walking down the hall and he had the, a Rolling Stone shirt. It had just that big, you know, tongue on yeah, it. Yeah, I was just like, tongue. what is that? I was like, that just looks cool as shit. I didn't know what it was, but it looked cool as shit. That's all I knew. Oh, yeah. And then I realized... Oh, that's like a band or something. I was like, so there's a band with like a big tongue on it? Like, what is that about? You know, I didn't, I was still, I, I didn't know what rock music was or what I'd come to know right. as fuck yeah, rock music, you know, and really get into it. I was still just a pre a teenager, a young teenager, or even Dude, a pre teenager. I, I still think the logo for the Stones is so cool. I it is. Have, that should uh, be cool, yeah. I'm not going to go into the story, but I was at the DMV today for the Munchkin, and there was this chick. And about our age-ish, maybe a little bit younger, maybe 40s or whatever. Wow. And I was like, she looks really hot. She's wearing a Stones t-shirt. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I was like, 
I should be like swaps. Like, oh, I love the tea or whatever. I had the kid with me, and she gets like freaked out and shit like that. But <laughs> like, stop it, Dad. I want to. I want to say something here, just off topic a little bit. The mask is so weird that you can see a person like me being a single dude now. You see a woman wearing a mask, and you just see the eyes, and you're like, "Wow, she could be hot." And then she'd take out the mask and she's like toothless or something. Yeah, you, yeah. Have you seen, I've seen something that's like, wow, she looks pretty cute. It's like, oh, hello. Yeah. See, I ran into that a few times. Oh, yeah. That, well, see, that's the thing about in other parts of the world, right, where people wear, you know, veils and stuff and yeah. masks where you really can't see what they look like. You just right. see the eyes. And when you just see part of them, like just the eyes, yeah. some people have just beautiful eyes, right? Yeah, You're just it's like, wow. Me. It's like, I wonder what the rest yeah. of her looks like. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, I've run into that. I've seen women that just look, you know, really cute. And then later I like, because, you know, I'm, I'm a dork. So later when I'm getting, you know, I go and get my breakfast. And as I'm coming out of the store, the chick who was in there is in her car driving away. And she's pulled the mask down. I'm like, okay. It's like Frankenstein. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what the happened? No, what happened? Like, who am I to talk, right? But but I'm just saying, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's a different it's a different way of looking at the world is really yeah. all we're saying because we're not used to that. In other cultures, That that's normal, right? They, like, we yeah. always wear a mask or whatever, or at least the women. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're, we're not used to that. So it's a different way of thinking about people and looking at people. There's a chick that started working at this one restaurant. She only started there after COVID. So I've never seen her with her mask on. And she's there like every time I go there. And so I'm like, I wonder what she looks like. I just have no idea because the other people I knew them before COVID, so I know what they right. look like under their mask. But this person, I'm like, who is this? I wouldn't know if I passed her on the street because she didn't have her mask on because I don't know what she looks like. It's but like funny. So it's a, Could you put the mask back on, please? Well, it's just a weird thing. It's it's a yeah. weird sort of thing that we've gotten used to in the last year of just sort of looking at people, the top part of their faces when you talk to them. Yeah. And, you don't have, and, and, and I don't know if that sort of, what do you call it, uh, sort of not desensitizes, but you know what I mean? Takes you away from, it's a big part of, of talking to people, right? As you're looking at their face, yeah. and now it's like you can't even see their mouth move, so it's a little harder yeah. to understand them sometimes because you're like, huh? People always tell me, they're like, what? Huh? And I was like, I'm not talking any quieter than I used to. What do you mean you can't hear me now? But you, you forget how used you are to seeing people's mouths when they talk. That's funny. A year ago, we're like, fuck this mask. You're putting it on, stuff like that. Fuck this. But now, dude, as soon as I get out of the car, the mask is on. See, and I, and I it's not even day, I keep anymore. See, I keep forgetting. I still forget, yeah. Like, I'll be halfway across parking lot and be like, fuck, oh, I gotta go back to the car and get my mask. It's TV games. I hate well, it. I, I actually kind of feel weird sometimes when I'm like, I go into a place, like, I travel for business and stuff, and I'm with people. It's like, oh, you don't have to wear that shit. I'm like, walk in. I was like, this is wrong. <laughs> if I can brainwash or something, right? Yeah. But then, like, this last, last weekend, I'm like, I'm, I'm fucking in this place. I'm like, it's kind of cool to actually be able to see people and their expressions other than just their eyes, you know? It's yeah, kind of interesting. Yeah, so. it's a, like I said, it's a different thing. You can get used to anything, and I think that's what's happened to us. It's not right. that we're cool with it. We've just sort of gotten used to it because what choice did we have? But, mm-hmm. but that's why I say, it's like, well, now that that's been like that for so long, it's like, if I go back to a show, I'm going to need that shit to be normal again. Right, right. I get, I get your point, and I yeah. think by the time the Megadeth show is here in August, we'll uh-huh. be there, dude. It's outdoor. I hope so. Well, 
it, it's outdoors, so what the fuck, right? But, dude, I want to say, and i got to research this, but when we bought the Megadeth tickets, it was Megadeth, Lamb of God, but there was somebody else on the bill that were like, fuck, we got to see them. Do you recall? Or I, I mean, I space out. It's been fucking two years ago, right? What, wasn't it on the ticket or something? Like the email that you no. got originally for it? It just says Lamb of God and Megadeth. There's somebody else on the bill. So I think it's Trivium, but I'm not. I was going to say, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at, yeah, Lamb of God, Trivium, In Flames, and Megadeth. Is that it? In Flames is there too? Uh, that's what this says, but uh, I don't know. Let's see. That was the original Megadeth Lamb of God tour. See if they say what it is. 2021, but this was back then. It was the 2020, because now they could have changed it. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, July 2nd, 2020, is this old Kerrang uh, article, and it says Megadeth Lamb of God Trivium and In Flames Metal Tour uh, rescheduled to 2021. So that must be what it was, and that would have been a great fucking show. I wonder if it's the same build up. That's the thing you have to wonder now that they're just saying because now you see 2021 and it just says make it Ethel, I'm God. It's like, yeah, yeah. Because maybe now those other bands that were going to be there, like, well, we had other shit planned and we got to stick to those contracts. Even if those others got canceled, we were scheduled in 2021 to be doing this tour with these other people. So we can't right. be on your tour. That's what's going to be interesting with these tours that are rescheduled. Are we, and we talked about this too. Will it change the bill? Yeah, I bet yeah, it will. Is the bill going to change? And I mean, Remember the uh, Kill Switch tour we had tickets for, it, and they refunded them. But it was Kill Switch and Light the Torch, which has Howard Jones in. Uh -huh. So, how yeah. cool would that be if Howard Jones was going to join Kill Switch on stage? Well, that would have been the shit. You say it's in August twenty second. Yeah. For yeah. For the Woodlands? Yeah, it says yeah. here, lineup is Megadeth, Lamb of God, Trivium, and In Flames. Fuck yeah. They, so they kept the bill. And the Good. thing is, you would think with, no one's can tour, right? So you would think that these tours would be intact. Well, uh, but like I said, they let's, were. Yeah, but like I said, let's say back then, at the beginning of 2020, mm -hmm. uh, somebody like In Flames said, all right, uh, let's go ahead and do this tour. We'll finish it off in December, summer 2020, and then in 2021, we'll take a couple of months, maybe work on the album a little bit, and then say like in March or April, we're going to go over uh, to Wacken or something, I don't know, or be on this other tour with these other guys, and we'll do that. And so that was fine, and then they said that got canceled for all of 2020, and they're like, now this is rolled around, and they're like, all right, we're going to reschedule. It's like, that's great, but we already signed contracts for this 2021 tour that we talked about, because we right. thought we were going to do the 2021 and we'd be done. So we can't breach that contract. So we'll just do that. And regretfully, we'll have to not be on your tour with you like we had originally planned. Well, I, and yeah, I could see that scenario. You wonder how much of that went on, though, with it being early, early 2020. Yeah. Because some, some bands may only be planning whatever the current tour is, and that's all we're planning, and we'll worry about it later. But some bands right. may be like, hey, we survived this way, so we've got, we've got tours booked for the next three years. And, and that's so, what I'm thinking. Th yeah, then they've got to they got to think that way. You know, it's like we can't renege on the ones we've got scheduled because those didn't get postponed. We just didn't get to do anything for that other year. Right. So that's what I kind of wonder, and I've mentioned this to a few artists, and I think you and I have talked about it. Is as you know, COVID, we come out of the COVID stuff, 
and bands start touring again, there's going to be a shit ton of bands touring. So are we going to be at a point where we're not going to get any new music for like a year? I mean, we'll get some, right? But oh yeah, a lot of stuff is going. A lot of stuff was probably written, you know, during COVID. So that stuff's going to be delayed sixteen or no twelve to eighteen months, I think. Once bands hit the road, because no one's going to be like recording. Everybody's going to be right, but they've already recorded. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if the labels stagger it, right? Because the labels start putting shit out. Like, I mean, you look at a label like Frontiers. All the music they're putting out, you're like, fuck. And they staggered some of that shit during COVID. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're going to wait a little bit longer. We'll wait a little longer. So, like, I talked to Simone Mulroney, uh mm-hmm. with TGM. And I talked to Simone. I said, dude, what are you going to do? He goes, well, we got this new record. And if we get the tour, we're going to go, you know, promote this record. Same thing with Evergrey. Mm-hmm. You know, if these bands start touring... In 21, say mid-21, say June, they can start doing shows. No, no, I want to say October. We got a brand new record from DGM in, what, the end of Mm 20-ish? So we don't see new DGM until probably 22, if we're lucky, or maybe 23. So I think the bands that put out records at least towards the end of 2020 are going to be bands, if things go back to normal, that we won't see music from these people from at least two to three years. Okay. So, of course, there's going to be new bands and all that shit, but yeah. the core bands, like, I mean, I love DGM. I, that's no secret to anybody on the show, but uh, bands like that are Evergrey. It's going to be a while, I think, before we see new music because they're going to go out and tour. That's where they make their money. But wouldn't, wouldn't you know? that, what, what I'm confused by is, isn't that the way it works anyway? That obviously, yes, while we're touring, we're not recording or making new music. I get that, but I'm saying it's going to be a longer period because if they release stuff that was still during the COVID lockdown, it's going to be, be now? an e- longer cycle because, hey, we can actually go out and promote the product now. And I want to say, who did I talk to? Um, I talked to somebody that put something out. And he said, shit, we never got, oh no, okay, Ronnie Atkins from uh, Pretty Mates. They put out an album, I wanna say it was early 2020 or late 2019. I said, Ronnie, have you thought about recording some more Pretty Mates until you guys can get on the road? He goes, we never promoted the last record because of COVID. So we're not even writing. So he's doing solo albums now. Okay, but Pretty Mates as an entity is not doing anything. And new. so, in that respect, you're saying where they would have toured 2020, yeah, and now it's 2021, so they would be recording a new album, which would come out sometime in 2021. You're saying now because they didn't tour at all, now they'll start touring. They put out the album like a year ago. Now yeah. they're going to tour for like a year. Then 2022, you'll get them starting to record. Or 23. Or even 21. Before you get new music. That's up to them. So So I think it's going to delay a lot of bands about a year if they can tour and make them. Well, only if they did like he did. See, I I think this idea where they didn't didn't bother recording an album, I think that was a mistake if you ask me. It's like you were sitting on your ass for a year anyway. Why not write and record some music? And you don't have to necessarily release it, but at least it's already written and done. It's in the can. Yeah. Yeah. 
and then that way, go on your tour if you want to. I understand you don't want to lose that, you know, momentum or whatever. Although it's kind of got screwed by COVID, but you're right. You didn't promote that, so go ahead and promote that. Although I think you could do a tour with a new album and promote both albums, but whatever. Again, uh, I'm, I'm in the same. I'm in the same boat with you. I was yeah. Like, because their last record was really good. I'm like, yeah. just keep putting out good music, man. Yeah, nothing's stopping them from promoting that. Well, I remember what, I talked to the guy from Gravedigger, and he said, we're going to record a brand new record every year until we can tour again. Yeah. I was like, fuck yeah. That's, That's pretty what awesome. I would do. Yeah, yeah me too. So, so Anyway. So sorry. I don't know that every band is going to do like the Pretty Maids. You know, I think, right. uh, I think like, let's look at, you know... Uh, well, most of the bands that we've talked about during COVID, it's like they're recording shit, you know. Um, obviously, uh, DGM did it, and uh, I think who else was doing Evergrey. it? Evergrey. Even Metallica was working on stuff, uh, Evergrey. Yeah, uh, when I talked to Jonas, he said we were at the end of our touring cycle for the last record, so we started re- you know, working on new material right when COVID hit, so it kind of worked out for them. Exactly. And there's bands like that that it worked out. So okay. there's there's tours planned for some of these bands. I want to say around October-ish. Um, and if if I could travel abroad, I might actually go overseas yeah. uh, in the fall and see some of these bands play live. I mean, I have that opportunity now. I mean, my my main one, I've got to see DG, DGM at some point. Yeah. So my. And I talked about this on another show. DGM Evergrey would be the perfect show for me because Tom and uh, Simone are boys. So that would be awesome to put that together. Sure. So, all right. We went on a little bit of a tangent there, mate. But what else you got? Well, uh, this is an interesting. Speaking of uh, people getting together, did you see that the classic dock and lineup reunion is happening and tour dates are booked. No shit yet? Yeah. No, I so heard you... about it, but uh, wasn't sure if it was a thing yet. I know I saw a story where George and Don said, hey, we got to do this. That's what it is. They just came together, got in front of the cameras and said, hey, we got to do this. All right, thank you for coming, everybody. And then just leave. Yeah, no shit. No, it's, uh, it just says here, these guys are all excited. This is according to MetalSucks.net, and they say that uh, this guy goes, well, that was quick. After stating last week that I've actually been talking to Don a little bit, and we're both in agreement that this should probably happen, George Lynch has revealed that the United Classic Dock and Lineup already has shows on the books. So a brief 2016 reunion saw Don Dock and Lynch, Jeff Pilsen, and Mick Brown play together for the first time in 21 years. But those dates were limited to a quick run of Japan, meaning that it's been nearly 26 years since the lineup has played together in the U.S. So now, speaking apparently to Total Rock Radio, uh, they said uh, that Lynch has decided, I mean, it focused mostly apparently on Lynch's decision to retire the Lynch Mob moniker last year due to its racist connotations. Uh, And then he snuck in this nugget about Shows are on the books. Yeah, they just keep uh, being shoved back further and further. But we've got one in August in Texas for sure. And it looks like there will be a two-week running up in the summer. And after that, they start ramping up. Huh. So, hmm. Interesting. So, first of all, no more lynch mob. And uh, second of all, sounds like they're going to do some uh, a show in Texas. I wonder if that's going to be in Houston. Probably not. Probably Dallas or somewhere. Dude, they played like Midland, Texas, like West Texas. Uh, it was a Lynch Mob Dawkins show. I'm like, 
why are they playing here and not like Houston or Dallas or Austin or San Antonio? Actually, places with giant metal fan bases, but whatever. Would let me ask you this: Would this be a show you would travel to go see? When in August? Yeah, eh, probably not. I think I would travel. It just depends, really. I guess how far it is or whatever. Right. Um, so if it were Dallas, which is, seems like the likely scenario. Oh yeah, I'd go. Okay. Cool. I'd go to that. Uh, but hey, uh, Mick Brown's retired, so it's got his brother Steve, not to be confused with the guitar Brown. Steve Brown. It's a Mick Brown and Dick Brown. Mick and Dick. 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 Richard. Richard for short. Richard Lee. He goes by Dick though. I know. So Nick the what? Nick the dick. Nick the dick. <laughs> so uh, actually, the In Machine Face Two is just back. Uh, it's oh, so it's Steve Brown. That's the drummer. I wasn't sure who the drummer was in the In Machine. So that's basically Doc and minus Don. Yeah, uh, he said here Mick Brown's brother Steve would be the obvious choice to replace the recently retired drummer. Hmm. You would always wonder if, because Mick wasn't totally done. I mean, he was going to do other shit, but uh, I guess it's too much. Yep. I guess, you know, we'll see how this goes. I mean, I, I guess my concern would be, this is the deal. You'd go to the show like, sweet, here it is, the classic lineup, and that's great. And I think everyone will probably do fine. But as you've mentioned on many occasions, and I'm sure it hasn't gotten any better because we only get older, uh, Don isn't quite able to hit those notes anymore, so no. I don't know that he's going to be able to hold up his end of things as well as obviously George and, and Jeff could because they're just playing instruments like they always have. Well, I mean, I think Jeff can still do what he does as a backup vocalist, and we put him in the categories of Michael Anthony. Right. Uh, um, the, yeah, does the high shit. He does the high stuff, but and Jeff's really a good songwriter. He's a good bass player. Good, you know, he's uh, an all-around all good bass player, for sure. Yeah, all-around good uh, musician. Je Jeff's always been cool like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's not Billy Sheehan. He's not Getty Lee. He's not one of those kind of guys. But, but he's got guy a solid. can keep the backbeat and right. journeyman totally. bass player. Yeah, totally. And vocally, he can still sing. So, uh, it's, it's a plus. Anytime you get some of those guys that can also sing in addition to what they do, so you get those live uh, harmonies and whatnot. That's good stuff. It's a win-win, Holmes. That's what they call a win-win in the biz. It's a win squared, win-win. That's what I'm saying, Bizan. So, no, I, I, I think I might travel for that just to see it one more time. Uh, but, dude, I saw a picture of Don and George, and Don looks rough, bro. Yeah, he's always, George is, he's starting to look a little rough. Because uh, I think that, obviously, we remember when he, for a while after Dawkins, where he was like, Mr. Fucking Workout, right? And he got, yeah. fucking, he got ripped. Well, that was decades ago now, I guess. So I, I doubt he still does that uh, like he used to. So he's starting to kind of look, you know, a little less in shape. And then put on top of that, the the white hair that's growing out of his head. He's got so, that gray hair thing going, different right? Look, yeah, it's a different look. That still looks pretty good, uh, if you ask me. That's a good shape. I think cool. he looks all right. I mean, I mean, for his age, 60s and stuff like that. Motherfucker's in better shape than I'll ever be. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at Don that, like, damn, kind of right. Look at yourself in the mirror, John. I am. I'm touching myself. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, Don looks like a fucking teamster or something, dude. Oh, did, did you see the latest picture of those two? Yeah, he was like, is that one of the roadies uh, that they caught moving in one of the amps or something? I was like, dude, nope, that's he got, like, he, blew, yeah, he got bit by a bee, Holmes. He got stung, <laughs> He does. He looks like fucking... In one of these pictures, he looks like fucking Axl Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Poor son of a bitch. No, I've heard him... I mean... I've heard him interviewed before on Classic Metal Show, and he seems like a good dude and stuff like that, but he had unfortunate stuff with his back and stuff like that. And dude, apparently, put on a shit ton of weight. You know what I mean? I think so. that, see, this is the thing. To be fair, it, it happens to the best of us, man. And that is, right. you know, you get older, things aren't what they used to be. Even if you've kept in shape, you know, your, your body's still breaking down because you're fucking old. I mean, he's in his 60s, right? right? So you can't expect him that he's going to be able to hold himself together like his 30s, even if he has a good diet and all that. You know, when we get old, you know, have you ever seen a chick uh, in like her 60s who doesn't have a flat ass? I mean, that's just, you know, your collagen breaks down. I mean, we're human beings, man. We're not perfect. We're not going to look young all our lives. It's just not possible. So, you know, to be fair with these guys, yeah, of course they don't look as good as they used to. But it's like the fact that I'll tell you what, if you can still be rocking some music, in your old age like that, you know, there are these metal guys. I mean, look at Iron Maiden. Those guys are in their, what, their 60s, right? Yeah. Those motherfuckers are still, I mean, look at fucking crazy ass homeboy. Uh, why can't I think of his name all of a sudden? Mr. fucking dancer size. Fucking uh, homeboy. What are you looking at me for? You know who I'm talking about. Jens? Dancer size? With who? With Iron Maiden. Oh, uh, oh, Janet Yannick. Yannick. There, that motherfucker. Is. I mean, that yeah. motherfucker, he's more active than I've ever been my whole life. And the motherfucker yeah, like 60-something. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, if you can still do all that shit at that age, I mean, the, think about it. They're on that stage every fucking night or even every other night. It's amazing. More, more than a year at a time traveling to country after country doing this stuff. It's like, that takes a certain amount of stamina to pull off. Dude, Dickinson, forget about it. The way yeah. he does it still... Yeah, he still runs around, jumping around that stage like he's thirty. Shit, yeah. So that's why I say it's like you know, if they're all, if in the course of that, you know, still able to do that, but they kind of look like old ladies or something. It's like, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna hold it against them, man. Sure, no, no judgment here, man. Yeah, I mean, if they can still do it and still, actually, I could see, I would be okay with Dickinson slowing down if if his vocals were suffering. And to say, I want to hear your vocals more than I want to see you go back and forth across the stage. Right, that's the thing. If, if you could somehow keep your vocals still going, but it yeah. required you to be a lot less active on stage, we can live with that. Fuck yeah. It'd be amazing, though, if it gets to the point, like, he's literally just got to wheel him out in a wheelchair. He can still belt it out, but he can't get up and stand up. <laughs> Dude, do you, do you follow uh, Halford on Instagram at all? No. He posts some weird shit, man. Does he really? I've never, yeah, I've actually does. never looked. I, I, I didn't even think about that. I follow I started, a lot of musicians online, but I never, I never follow Rob. Yeah, I started following him and he's like, does, does these weird poses. He's just like an old man in a metal t shirt. just like, going, you're going cool. down to here. And I'm like, yeah, he's really got that look going. Yeah. He, he looks like, like, well, like a wizard. Doing, or something. Come on, man. Uh, like he's so, some sort of old wizard. Um, he, I wonder, though, with coming out of COVID, and this is one thing I want to talk to Eric uh, Martin about, because in the beginning of COVID, he was like, you know, it sucks about the COVID shit and all this, but hey, I'm going to get a break of my voice. 
should be interesting. So I want to see, like Eric Martin, I'm going to say, Eric, so you're going out singing now. You're on this acoustic tour. So did resting your voice for a year help you as a vocalist or did it hurt you? I mean, I talked to Jonas with Evergrey as a drummer. And he's like, dude, it fucked me all up. I wasn't playing every day. I got really rusty. He was worried about writing songs. I mean, unbeknownst to me until I interviewed him was he was one of the primary songwriters in Evergrade with uh, Tom England. Oh, really? I was like, fuck, that's crazy, man. I just think you use a drummer. You can play all these instruments and stuff like that. So as a vocalist, you wonder if Rob, when uh, the last time we saw him, mm. it wasn't the best show. Yeah. Let's just be honest. And he yeah, used yeah. a lot of delay in his voice. Yeah, but man. does he get stronger? He's old. He's a year older. Yeah. But does he get stronger back to when he was, you know, two or three years younger by not using that voice every night? Not every night, but you know what I mean. Every night yeah. to tour. I so think I that, these, yeah. I don't know. You know where I'm going with this, right? I think so, yeah. But I was surprised though when I, I did see uh, at that last tour that the way he was walking around, it just looked like it was hard for him to move around, you know? I mean, for one, he's got that giant, silly leather trench coat he wears with the, all those rivets all over it, you know? Yeah. Whatever the, the, In the boots. Yeah, he's like, damn, dude. He's like, that's a lot of shit to wear, you know? So yeah. I could see him. And, and plus, it's got to get hot with the lights, everything. So him just going like, he looked like he was yeah. just kind of trudging around like, damn, this is going to get hard to do. So I was like, you know, hey, maybe you don't have to do wear so much of that shit, dude. I mean, you're we're here to see you and hear you do your thing, bro. Right. So, you know, you ease up. on That's the thing. I think they uh, probably a lot of these uh, rockers. The older get, Yeah. That that I think they I, a lot of them try to keep the show going. And I appreciate it that they're saying, hey, this is what the fans expect. Right. So they still do the thing like Iron Maiden is always going to be like. Yep, we're always going to have Eddie come out. We're always going to have the fight Eddie thing. We're always going to do all this shit because that's what they expect. The, the, the fans love it. We'll keep doing it. But at some point, if it starts to take away from the show because they're obviously it's like too hard for them, then I would prefer they just you know kind of phase it out. You know, I you don't know, need another, all that shit if they can't do it. Well, another classic example is Paul Stanley with Kiss, and I and I've heard Gene struggle too, right before. You know, everything got shut down vocally. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, they're, I, like, they're not 70. I think they're mid 60s. But yeah, but they're guys. getting up there, dude. They're like retirement yeah. age, man. They're like, you know, that's yeah. that's pretty old for a rocker. I mean, for doing what they do. Because that's yeah. hard even for people when they're young. So imagine doing that when you're twice that age, two or three oh, times totally. your age. And so, too, think of it uh, also. Uh, David Roth could be a good example in that if, if I go to see a van, or not anymore, obviously, but back in the day at the last Van Halen show that had broth in it if he can't do the jump up and spin kicks and all that kind of shit like he used to and the jumping splits it's like then don't try to you know yeah. i don't need you to try to do that just because you think oh the fans that's what they love it's like don't worry about that we're here to hear you sound like the album if you can pull that yeah. off but you need to stay still or something we're cool with it i mean at least it's i like, am bro, that's when you were 30 
Yeah, it's like I don't expect <laughs> you to do that. That I don't have those unrealistic expectations. There are some people that I think probably do feel that way. It's like, hey, motherfucker, I paid the money. I want to see you do the splits. I don't give a shit that you're 70 years old. Make right. it happen. And I'm like, I don't need that. That was cool in the day, but I've seen it so many times that it's like if you stop doing it, it's fine. As long as you can still sound like you sounded. Once yeah. they stop sounding like they used to sound, it's not worth it anymore. I might as well hear a cover band. I agree. 100%. 100%. So, if you look in the Discord uh, in the general channel, I posted mm -hmm. a picture of uh, uh, Axel, <laughs> of, uh, of Don Dockett, but he looks like fucking Axel. Oh, I saw that. He looks like an old lesbian. And then I also posted Rob right under it. Oh, so he, looks, he looks like he's like, oh, this is me cult. Thank you for joining me cult. <laughs> oh, Grab shit. your lemonade. Oh, dude, he was wearing like, like Instagram. He had the metal bracelets on. Yeah, and he's wearing like, like this shirt. I'm like, really, dude? Yeah, that's the thing. I don't I expect you're metal. You're a metal yeah, god. Exactly, dude. And like even J Ronnie James Dio, back in the day, even when he got older and it was near the end, it's like if you came out and you weren't in the fucking unitard with the little, you know, the floofy shirt, you know, like you're yeah. still going to battle a wizard, that's fine, dude. You don't need to do that. Like, you, you're Not the anymore. voice. Come out you're and do done. the voice, man. That's all we need to hear. Yeah. And I tell you what, at, out of all the great vocalists out there, Ronnie is one that's still... He would start off rough at a show, but by mid, like two or three songs in, his voice kicked in and it was like, he had like to warm it up. Money. Yeah, yeah. Once he warmed it up, because we saw him twice on Heaven and Hell. Yeah, and it was the same every time. It was like he would start off a little bit rough, and then it's like, holy shit, he got warmed up. Yeah, and he was like, this shit's rolling now. Let's do it. I don't know if I, I don't know if I ever asked. Uh, crazy if Ronnie warmed up and again that was in the 90s but if he never warmed up and just drank a Guinness before the show I think that was like a pre-show ritual something like that he could do when he was young but as he got older he definitely needed to prime up at some point and like I said, I'm, I can't, you can't fault them. You know, it's like, yeah, that's great. I mean, I, if you need to do it, you need to do it. I, I, but I do think is once you don't, can't sound like you used to sound anymore, then maybe, you know, give it up. I think yeah. we'd be all right with that. Do like a final tour. Like if you know your voice is going, it's like, you know what, let's not. In other words, just go out with some dignity. That's the way I see yeah. it. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Everybody they all have the Michael Jordan move, right? Exactly. Because once you've had, you've been around that long. Even the smaller bands, I think they probably have enough money, I should hope, uh, that they can retire and not have to worry about. I mean, if they're out there desperate because they need the money, that's kind of sad. But uh, but if it is, it is. But my point is, like guys like that, Ronnie James, you know he didn't need the money. So he, I think he did it with some dignity. And uh, I think other bands should take a cue from that. Once you start getting older, it's like, maybe we lay off some of this heavy equipment here, like all the... Yeah the bands and stuff the wristbands and just get out there and just do the singing and make keep mm -hmm. that up and stuff and once you can't do anymore time to go so that's a lesson to don Dockin if he's listening <laughs> all those guys hot as like, said the girl yeah you gotta just be cool so anyway uh do you want to do a song is it about time is it classic time homes if you think so mr g if you will
sick. I got a good one tonight, Holmes. Oh yeah, let's hear it. This may make your little dick hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> make all our little dicks hard. We might end up having three inches of hard dick for this one. Please give me the song name. <laughs> take take Dude, me out of this. So there. gonna take you back. Uh, this came on the iPod the other day. Mr. Big, no Paul Gilbert, the Cotster Holmes, and I was jamming hard to this motherfucker. So that that was a beautiful thing, and it's so sad that this era of Mr. Big didn't ever get really that big. Uh-huh. No pun intended. Um, Richie Cotton and the band, uh, they did an album called Actual Size, and there's a song called Suffocation. Mm-hmm. So bluesy, so heavy. Richie and Eric both going back and forth on the vocals. Forget about it. That was so. the cool about that album with, with Kotze, because Kotze can sing too, and so uh, Eric Martin trading off with him, and you can hear him doing the backing vocals too, uh, Richard and the, Richie in there. So I like that. I thought that was a good combo. The beauty was, because I asked Eric about it, he goes, dude, I fucking loved it. He goes, I encouraged Richie to sing in the band. And Sweet. dude, and Eric has got, and not because he's our boy, fucking homeboy can fucking sing his ass off. We, oh, Eric's We the all shit. know that, right? Yeah, Eric's the shit. Yeah. And for a guy not to have the ego to have another great singer in the band to say, dude, I want you to sing with me. Fucking props to Eric Martin for that. I thought that it's, was it's so fucking cool. That's interesting you bring it up, because I wondered that myself when I heard it. I said, you know, I didn't think Eric had this huge ego or anything, but, but you know, the bottom line is he's the lead singer of Mr. Big, and you got another guy, Richie Kotsun, who comes in, who's an amazing guitar player, and if that's all he did, that would be a great contribution. But also, anything he's ever done on his own, Richie's been the lead singer guy, basically, and yeah. he's got a good voice. I don't know that he's up as good as Eric Martin, but that he's never been... That's never been his thing. His specialty wasn't singing. He just happened to also be able to sing. His specialty is he's a fucking a crazy guitar player. Fuck so yeah. I didn't know if like how Eric would feel about that, saying like, "Who's this other guy come along? Like he's gonna steal my thunder or something?" Not that you know Richie was gonna, but just did he see that as cool to have someone else who can sing with me and keep up with me, uh, or is it kind of a threat to him? Like I said, didn't think he had an ego about it, but I was curious how he felt about it. Well, had you heard that interview? wouldn't know but i'm just saying hey what i mean is until i heard that interview that's what i thought (laughs) so i tell you what a little bit of mr big off the actual size record a little suffocation let's do it
you gonna go with that one? How about I go with a little, uh, you know how I'm a prong fan? Yeah. So I say, what if we take this baby all the way back to 94? 1994? So yeah, exactly. So going on, what, like 30 years? Uh, yeah, a bit. To the cleansing album. Uh, how about Out of This Misery? Let's do it, Holmes. <laughs> somebody put on a mixtape for me uh some music oh really and i never heard prong and i was just like fuck yeah i dig these dudes and i've been a fan ever since oh nice man that's awesome so now that we've done a classics it's time for our picks of the show mm-hmm. uh this is one i was gonna play a couple weeks ago but i did not play it so let me play it now Alrighty. so what are you gonna do so this is uh, a band called Scion. Uh, the, the, the sequel's called The Blade. It's got Howard Jones, my boy, and Hiram Hernandez. You know him? I don't. Yeah. Oh, no, Jared Dine, sorry, he's on guitar. Oh, that one, yeah. And then Hiram about... Hernandez is the producer. So. Yeah, 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 we talked so, about this. The Jared Dines is that YouTuber. Yeah, who met with uh, Howard Jones and they hit it off and just said, "Let's do a fucking album together." And so this is it. And it's supposed yeah. to sound like, according to Jared, he says to him, it sounds like old school, like Killswitch Engage with Howard Jones. It's really cool. I, I really dig this. I can't wait for the record. Um, so I tell you what, without further ado, this is Scion, the Blade. <laughs>
That's what I want to know. That's what I mean. I'm, I'm asking. I don't Where know. Do you... I don't. I, why would you like that thing? I don't Where know. Do... Where do you fucking get off? Is what I'm saying. Where do they grow you? <laughs> you fuck. Uh, so mine, as you know, I am the uh, sort of the thrash flag bearer of the group here. Yeah. Uh, and so naturally, my pick of the week has to do with some sweet ass thrash that's nice. coming out. These guys are uh, from. Uh, not sure where they're from. They're called Vulture, and they're on. Uh, they're on. Uh, what are they? Metal Blade or something? Let me see. I, I, I lost my notes. They're from uh, Metal Blade Records, and they're uh, you're basic, your classic thrash with all the beats, all the screaming. Is it like a Bay Area thrash type? I, I think it's that's that kind of sound. Yeah, that kind gotcha. of classic sound. And so they've got a new album. I think it either just came out or is about to come out. And the the track here we're going to listen to is called Malicious Souls. Let's do it. So that that's my go-to thrash band right now. It's like if I want some thrash, I go to the Haunted. Well, another one that you always talk about is uh, At the Gates. Yeah, love At the Gates. I think they're about to have a new album. Yeah, they've been recording. Yeah, and so I think I think uh, you'd be all about that shit since you're always talking about it. They're what like Swedish death metal, basically. Swedish? They're from, from Sweden, yeah. Yeah, yeah, from 1990. So they've been around a while. I want to say, and uh, chastise me if you will, but I want to say the guys from the Haunted, the guitar players, the brothers, are from At The Gates, was their first band. Oh, okay. So they kind of broke off from there? Yeah, yeah. So basically what happened was uh, At The Gates kind of broke up, and then the guys like, I think we want to do another band, mate. We do. And we're going to call it The Haunted because we want to be scary. Nice. So. Well, um, I think it's cool that they got old Andy LaRock on the uh, guitar and bass for it. Is he? Yeah. That's what it huh. says here. I didn't know that. Yeah, it just says they've unveiled a new album, The Nightmare of Being. The album's drums were recorded at Studio Grundal with Jens Bogren who's uh, been with the Monomarth, Opeth, Creator, 
uh, guitar mm-hmm. and bass with Andy LaRock at Sonic Train Studio, vocals at Welfare Sounds with Per Stahlberg, and then mixed and master Fascination Street Studios by Jens Bogren. So uh, that sounds pretty bitch. It should be coming out in July, I think, July 2nd, The Nightmare of Dean. So I know you're going to be all over at home. Fuck yeah, dude. And we saw them with uh, uh, Amon Amarth and Arch Enemy. That was, that was a killer fucking concert, man. Every that band, was killer. Every band just fucking was more badass than them before it was just like holy shit they just kept up in the ante every time and Amon Amarth was fucking amazing the shit homes I mean think about it they they were doing stuff like you'd see in a big arena uh, band. yeah like a big arena metal band uh, because they had the fucking stage the way it would rise and lower and had all the lights on it did all this cool flickering shit and then they had the fucking dragon head coming down so they could fight the dragon and shit like that that shit was oh amazing. yeah, that was pretty. Yeah, that was a like, great show, bro. Yeah, that was a great it, fucking. I'm show. talking in House of Blues, that little yeah. bitty stage. They had all that shit going on. I'm like, that's fucking. That's that's fucking. Uh, that's world class. You know, that's like yeah. something Maiden would do, just on a tiny scale. You know, yeah, totally. It, you totally. said how the hell could Maiden fit their whole show into like House of Blues? It's like it can't be done. And then here comes Monomarth going, it'd be something like this. Yeah, <laughs> you're well, just I, like, holy fuck. Dude, I've heard it. Some of the shows they uh, like get the the fans sit on the floor and like start rowing like they're in a Viking ship. <laughs> see, I think part of you what you didn't see that, then, unfortunately. But that's the thing. That's the kind of stuff that that really elevates the experience. It's one thing oh, yeah, to say yeah, yeah, totally. the band comes out and they're just great to see, but when the band has got such a fan base that they have shit like that, where like the, yeah. they can people get people to do that, and the fans are like fuck yeah we'll do that let's get on the floor and do this and they all participate like that it just it's this feedback loop right that makes the band just get more into it which makes the audience get more into it and it just goes back and forth and it just like i said turns a regular metal show and it just uh it takes it to a whole new level and i love shit like that i went to an Amanomar show one time and uh i was rolling an R in the audience and it broke <laughs> how can it fucking break it's fucking imaginary how do you figure that shit out? It's fucked up. <laughs> only with you. It only happen to you. <laughs> fucking an imaginary or fucking broke so breaks up. Whatever. Yes, go complain. And it's like, can I get another one, please? <laughs> no shit. It's like, oh, get me complimentary other all, please. Exactly. I got me one. I broke. It was like, it was defective. It's fucked up, Holmes. It is, Holmes. But it's John Paisan. Yeah, so it couldn't happen to a better guy. (laughs) That explains everything. A guy in a fucking jock on the floor. (laughs) Imaginary boat. They probably looked at him like, you weren't a jock, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Ridiculous. That's what I'm saying, Paisan. So, you know what? It's time to give the fans what they want the most in life. You know what uh, that is? By that, it means here's the shit I like doing. Too big. Oh. Hi, this is David Raymond. You're listening to the Ganges and Ragman show. Horns up. <laughs>
going live with Ragman Mono Imano, which I'm going to say he's my friend now. He's been on the show a lot. He's a great singer, one of my favorites, Mr. David Reedman. David, welcome back to the Genghis and Ragman show. Thank you so much for having me again on the show. It's just uh, always incredible. You're definitely one of my go-to radio DJs to get the message out there, man. Thank you so much. Well, awesome, man. I appreciate you reaching out and saying, hey, dude, let's talk. And our door is always open to you for sure, man. So anytime you're working on anything, we want to spread the word for you. Thank you so much, man. I mean, I need I really, really need this support this time. I'm going it alone with my solo record and I really need everything I can get. Well, I tell you what, let's talk about that. Uh, I mean, you just came off the Buddha circle, unfortunately, due to the Corona bullshit that we've talked about. I mean, it's a thing, right? But due to that, you can't tour. Or I got to ask you this, like right before we get into uh, your single and what you're doing with your solo record. um, I see that there are some bands booking dates and some bands are playing. There's a band out of Sweden. It's a uh, I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're called Thunder Mothers. Uh, Four women. They rock like it's like ACDC with. Yeah. uh, uh, women and their their music's awesome, just good party rock. But I see that they're playing some dates um, in you know around Europe. So, I mean, is there an avenue for Voodoo Circle to do something, or for you guys to play, or is it still pretty pretty hard to get that going at this point? Well, you know, on Facebook, you, you read a lot of people, you know, putting dates out there. I notice brainstorm. A friend of mine, Andy, he was from Almanac. He, he's just posted dates. We plan with with uh, with uh, with Voodoo Circle. We just blocked some dates, you could say, for for, for December. Um, about these young ladies playing around, I'm not sure to be honest. Um, you know, I think if you were in like maybe in Sweden or something like that, it's very possible that they're doing stuff up there. It, it has been quite different for them somehow. They've had a whole different uh, philosophy on the whole Corona thing. Um, I noticed in the States that some people had, had done some things in Australia. I have friends in Australia, and they were posting pictures from time to time. But honestly, here at the moment, there's absolutely nothing going on. And I don't believe it's pro- possibly this year still. I don't believe it's going to be possible. I I have a small show in, December, uh, in September, which is like a private thing, somebody's living room. Um, but that's kind of like open, you know, whether it's really going to happen, you know, because at the moment for me to travel into into Germany at the moment from from Holland to go over the border to maybe just go over the border might be possible. But to go into the deeper regions of, 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 of Germany, I need a test first. I need to do a, a special PCM. I think it's called do a, do a special test that you have to pay for. Mm-hmm. Then, then, you, then you get a piece of paper and then I can possibly travel into the country. You're not allowed to stay in hotels as a tourist. Um, but at the moment, it's, I'm just not even attempting it. I mean, it's been like probably, solid but surely, like nearly a year. Not quite since I was in Germany. So everything's on hold, to be honest. So, I mean, it's possible that, the, that these, these these people have found a way to go to certain countries that, that they are doing shows but it's not like in a normal way i guess you got to sort of keep a distance and all that business um but at the moment um there's really nothing going on to be quite honest oh okay i got it i mean 
it, it sucks that you can't do that, but it allows you to do what you're doing now, which uh, getting this solo record together, which, you know, that's what a lot of artists have done is created so much great music. I thought as shitty as 2020 was, there was so much great music that came out of that where people were creating. I mean, I think that once bands can actually start touring again, we're not going to get any new music for a long time because everybody's going to try to get back on the road. And that's really where you guys make your bread and butter anymore, just due to the way the music industry is at this point, you know? No, absolutely. I mean, I obviously played with Voodoo Soap in Cream 69 time. We obviously traveled a lot with those guys, but I did a lot of you could what you, what you would call guest appearances so people would contact me and say look can you come on this date whatever we've got this kind of band or whatever these kind of songs can you come and you you know you do a guest appearance and i i did, lived really good off that basically to travel into germany i'd turn up you know get a nice hotel and, and just basically do that and of course that's gone you yeah know, maybe it's got a birthday party and they're into the band or whatever and they just want me to turn up with a guitar or whatever and I do that kind of thing as well, you know, no problem. It's all, it's all cool. It's all fun and games, you know, and um, that that's basically gone. And, and uh, in a way that the internet destroyed the music business, but without the internet now at this point in the game, we'd be really stuck. I mean, I've got a great, you know, look level, this amazing internet connection, and I can download videos that I'm making videos for from from my bandmates and, uh, you know, the music that they're creating. I can download that stuff, put it all together, and then send it to uh, the guy to mix it, basically. So, I mean, in a way, it's taken a lot away from us, but it's also giving us uh, giving us a lot back at the moment. You know, it's incredible. <laughs> That's pretty awesome, man. Well, I, I wanted to ask you real quick, uh, and then I promise we're going to get on your solo stuff, but I, I just saw the video for uh, Locked and Loaded uh, from Buddha Circle, and what a cool video. Uh, I kind of miss, like, you know, these type of videos. So I want to ask you looks like i don't know if you guys were all in a room or you guys filmed yourselves separately and then they put them on these little screens that the chick is like scanning around uh, how did that did you guys actually get together and do a performance and then they just pieced it together with the storyline with the chick and i think it's hilarious in the middle where the dude's like staring at the chick dancing and she's like stops you hear the record scratch and they're like what the fuck? Yeah. What, are you, what are you looking at, dude? And then he leaves, and then the music starts. That, that's pretty funny. I really dug that.
Yeah, you know, it's, luckily he's a, he's a very creative guy. Um, I think he does a lot of the Vacan, Vacan uh, video stuff. Um, and he, he, he met Alex somewhere, I guess. You know, very, you know, luckily Alex met, meets a lot of these top people doing the Rock Meets Classic stuff that he does. And also with Matt Tenner, he knows a lot of great guys. So um, I don't know the guy exactly. Some guy in Hamburg, I guess. And, and uh, honestly, I could tell you like this amazing story, of course that we met up and you know that i nearly got arrested on the border and everything <laughs> you know, without without having my corona test but unfortunately the, the the honest truth is and i really like to tell the truth rather than sort of romantic stuff um is that I, we couldn't get together it was absolutely not possible you know and also the financial side for me to get down there to stand around and, and you know to sing along to a song that you know uh, was just not doable. So I mean, basically, I I set up. You know, that's what really kind of started me on my journey. I don't know if you've checked out my YouTube channel, oh, yeah. uh, vlogging and, and and doing. You know, talking about how I'm doing this whole thing. I'm actually doing a live tonight at uh, eight o'clock. Um, yeah, you know, I've realised that I was kind of limited. I I filmed myself at home doing the song, basically lip syncing the song. And then sent it to the guy and everybody else did that, I guess. And he took other parts of other videos and he, he built something, basically. And that's quite often how people are doing the videos these days, which is which is unfortunate. But it's just it's just how it is. Sometimes you end up with a creative thing that turns out quite good. And sometimes it's just like pretty uninteresting, you know. And uh, that's how, how it's done these days, basically. And uh, I realized that I needed to do things different. So I bought a, a cloth, a green background i bought a few lamps and invested in a camera and started my youtube journey to be honest that's awesome dude well uh let's get on to what we're here to talk about my friend your uh solo record medusa um first singles getting released looks like on april 2nd shelter yeah. from the storm very very cool track dude so before we even jump into the track kind of you said this was a new endeavor for you uh what uh, kind of drove you to say, okay, it's time to do a solo record and I'm going to do it on my own this time. Well, we've, we've all got obviously a little bit of time on our hands, obviously through, through the Corona thing. And either you just sort of sit around and wait for it to change, which is going to be a quite a long journey, you know, and it's, it's just not my kind of style. Or I realized, um, you know, um, real quick that, you know, I was watching a little bit of flo the people flogging on, on YouTube and stuff and their channels. And I realized this is a cool thing. This is a way to get to the people. It's not necessarily being on normal TV, but people can tune in. And, and since I've been doing these 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 vlogs and my, my, my channel, people will send me little videos or pictures of them in their living room with a big TV, and I'm on their TV. You know, awesome. and this is, you know, this is like, it's incredible, really. It's like, you know, obviously you got to get the people involved. You got to get people, you know, they've got to have a link somewhere from for them to, to be able to to watch your channel of course that's a that's that's the first part you know of course and you've got to get them in and, and get them interested but it is possible and I, st I started to do that and i was obviously talking about things that i'd done before and the history stuff and you know making ops and, and uh, luckily i videoed a lot of stuff be it uh, by miami when we did the monsters of rock i'd always had a camera with me so i've st and i've still got loads of film when we were in brazil with pink cream 69 for many years ago i've still got to do something with with uh, with Tank in Finland and and uh, loads of material, so I could you know I could really go crazy with this and and uh, I started to do that, but then I realised 
you know, to get the people in, I need a focus. You know, I need something to really focus on and, and to get people involved. And that would be making a single, basically, and that's this single. And I realized a lot of these flogging people, they also had PayPal accounts. And, you know, they were sort of saying, look, you know, if you want to support the channel, you know, um, let, you know, if you want to post some money or whatever. And I kind of was amazed that it was even possible and that people would even remotely want to do that. But, but they do. You know, they really do support people on their channels. And I didn't want to say, look, give me some money for nothing. I was kind of like, well, you know, I'm going to make a song. I'm going to make this first single. But it's it's kind of almost impossible at the moment because I'm kind of out of money. You know, I, I ain't gigging. You know, it, this, this, it's almost impossible to be able to be creative. You know, and luckily the musicians all sort of chipped in and decided to do their part. Or I'd make a swap. You know, I'd sing on somebody's song and they'd play guitar or whatever. And um, the money size, of course, is a mix. And of course, to put it on on Spotify and stuff like that, this costs money. You know, it's not for free. So um, people started to send money on. My fans started to send money on PayPal, and I was like, "Oh my God, this is incredible!" The first song, the mix is paid for the PayPal. Um, I'm gonna have to make a record. <laughs> you know, I wanted, to, I wanted to do it. You know, but it's it, it costs money. Um, so it was getting. Uh, quite a bit of money was coming in so I was kind of like okay right on let's 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 do a GoFundMe and let's see what happens let's see if it's even remotely possible so I started this this GoFundMe website thing for for like 5,000 euros and I think we're on about 3,006 at this point in the game and it, and it started probably like five six weeks ago or something and this is my focus man you know this is my my vlog I started doing live stuff uh, um which I never did before, you know, and it's all really, it's about marketing, really. It's about teasing. It's it's about playing parts of the song. It's about, you know, I made a video. I've done it all myself, basically. It's not just going to be a video where, you know, people are sat in their studio or whatever. It's uh, it's a real video. They've all played at home and we've all played in a certain kind of way, in a certain kind of style that all kind of fits together. And... Uh, you know, um, I made a video which comes out also on the second. It's a Friday night. I'll do a live stream on that night. And this is how it is these days. You know, normally you would have maybe gone to a club and, and played a concert and stopped. That's not possible. So we're doing it different. And the people are in a way hungry for this. You know, I mean, I got people tonight writing to me, you know, Dave, are you going on? Are you going to be live tonight? You know, they want to know because some nights I couldn't do it. It just didn't work. Um, just things got in the way and they were upset. Or they were they were they were let down by the fact that I wasn't going to do this live. It's almost like I guess if you don't if you don't do your radio show, people don't like it. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, I want to ask you something. Uh, so, with the video and the way you put the song together, was it very, very similar, or was it helpful that you did the uh, immunity for the masses? Did was that kind of a learning tool to say, you know, I can do this kind of on my own i mean you kind of did that with those guys that you did that project with yeah but yeah. was that kind of like a stepping stone to okay my next solo record i know what to do and i know how to get the video done and stuff like that absolutely it was it was a learning curve you know i'd obviously done my first solo which was 13 years ago which was very different it probably wasn't possible to do what we're doing now you know back then without some kind of record company or distribution um Whereas these days, of course, you know, you make a, you record a song with the people on, online, you mix it with some with somebody who does a really good job, you make your own video, um, 
you upload it to YouTube, um, you make like a, you know, obviously it's not, it's going to be, it's up there, but it's it's really waiting until a second before it's released. It's going to be on Spotify. It's all ready to go, you know. And it, the immunity of, of the masses was just really a learning curve, you know. Of course, I miss obviously not having a record company, and people have contacted me. I'll probably have some kind of distribution in some shape or form to get it out there in the shops. But the rights of the whole thing stays with me, and that's important because. You know, to give away my rights for five years for a record that a record company is going to push maybe for like two months or something, and really kind of reap the benefits in the beginning and then keep hold of the the, the, the rights for five years, that's difficult for me. And, and this way, um, you know, obviously I'm not out there live. I'm not being able to, to sell the physically sell the, the CD to people, of course, or possibly, you know, obviously online and stuff, um, which does work also. Obviously, it's getting pay, pay, played on Spotify. There is a certain amount of revenue in, involved in that. And uh, Spotify is kind of, for a lot of people, it's, ah, Spotify has ah, destroyed the business. But if you can get on all these playlists and, and, and stuff like that, then that's that's gold because people, play, you know, they listen to playlists in a way. It's like a radio program. And your song's going to be in there somehow. Also, not easy to get in these playlists, of course. But uh, that is the future. You know, and um, the, the immunity, like you said, it was learning curve. I realized real quick, this is this is this is really possible to to do it this way. But of course, getting the people as people's attention, that is difficult. And that's why you probably need a record company through, you know, uh, to get the, the, the interviews, to get the reviews and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm experimenting. I'm, I'm working with a couple of uh, different companies who do promotion and uh, they're pulling me interviews in and stuff like that. Also, radio Skype stuff. So, I mean, it is possible in a way that, you know, it seems to work. Oh, yeah, totally. I, I'm still blown away what you guys did in two weeks <laughs> at the beginning of this uh, whole pandemic thing. It just. Well, yeah, you know, and this this is this is taking longer, of course. But I mean, honestly, I mean, six weeks ago, you know, there wasn't anything, you know, and six weeks ago. I mean, there was no song or anything. I was going to make a solo record. But, I mean, within the last six, seven weeks, we, I made a video, I've got the artwork, the song's done, mixed and ready to go on on Spotify, you know. I just don't mess around. I mean, honestly, this first song, I already sent it to the drummer, guitar player and everything. There was no lyrics and no melody on it. I'm saying I just knew that this song was a good song that I've written with my friend Julian Spruitles, also the songwriter of the Immunity Masses uh, song, and I just knew that it was a killer, and I just knew that whatever I did on top would would, would work, and and it was the only way to get it out there as fast as possible, you know. Well, that's awesome, dude. Well, uh, the the single's called Shelter from the Storm. Uh, can you tell us a little bit behind that song? Uh, is for I guess the the feeling you were kind of going for this i guess it just you have a sound right so uh it's a great tune man i, I really dig it uh really good melodies and just you sound amazing on their vocally as always
Thank you very much. Well, basically, like I said, you know, it was like the, the track was there. It was like a year and a half before he'd sent me the track, even before the immunity thing. And it was a great track, but I just didn't know how to really do anything with it, you know. And the learning curve was the immunity, immunity thing. Um, the, the, the channel was my was my way of getting the message out to the people. And with every musician that's on this song, I'm doing a reveal. You know, I'm doing a video with a reveal about who's playing on the track how I met this guy, the guy does a little interview or whatever, so it's all in there on the videos. Um, the, the song was being recorded, I got Bodo Shop from, from Schenker, I'd worked with him before on the Pendle and the Fortune stuff, so he'd done the drums, I got Lucky Ragazas, Greek guy, he's in full lockdown in Greece, so he did the guitars. I got a friend of mine, uh, Alex Janssen, a Dutch guy living in, in Germany actually, and um, he works sometimes with a, a band called Hardline, He's on, on bass. And of course, oh, Julian. Okay. Yeah, so I got Julian on, on the keys. He, he wrote the song with me. And um, it was quite a fast pro process. It really was the last minute. The last thing I needed to do was get the vocals down. So I sort of spent an afternoon getting some melodies down. The next day I wrote the lyrics. I checked it out with, with Julian if he liked what I'd done. Because, you know, he, he was my writing sidekick on, on this track. He liked it. And within like two or three days, I'd uploaded all the material that everybody had done to the mixing guy, which I'm going to reveal it on my probably, probably just before the track comes out. You probably know, you probably know he mixed it anyway, more or less. And, um, yeah, he mixed it. And then I uploaded it. I needed, I needed it to be done like four weeks before to get it up on, on, on CD baby so that they would uh, distribute it to Spotify and iTunes and all the streaming places. It takes like four or five weeks for them to, to deal with that because there is a backlog with the Corona, of course. Yeah. The C and, um, yeah, that's it really, man. You know, um, I think it's, I think also it's a great track. It's a little bit sort of uh, mature. You could say, uh, the second track, I'm sure as in, um, yeah, what can I say? It's got a little bit of influence, influences from Pink Cream 69, obviously a bit of White Snake in there, moments. And um, the vocal I actually recorded with a great mic that my friend built. So it's, a, it's a clone of a U47. And he'd lent it to me. I'm going to do the next track, hopefully, with that mic too. And I think the vocals came out incredible, really. It was like... The vocals I actually did really quick because I was worried about me possibly also getting corona from my wife. Um, so I, I was worried about possi the possibility that I couldn't sing maybe if I got sick. So I really need to get these vocals down as fast as possible. So there's a certain amount of pressure involved. And I got that done real quick just in case I was going to get sick. You know, that these are the times, unfortunately. Luckily, I was fine. And uh, the second track, the second single we're working on at the moment, we have like four or five songs, I guess. Oh, nice. And the second track is also me and Julian. It's a possibly even better track. It's an incredible track. And I got uh, also some incredible people involved. Um, I won't go too much in, into detail because I want to I want to do a reveal for also. I'm going to do a reveal for every track, basically, you know, and the people. So the people who are involved and who have donated, you know, they really feel really involved. You know, it's um, they're involved all the way. man. That's awesome, brother. I I, I was going to say, dude, Lackey, I, I actually interviewed him uh, when he was still with uh, Mystic Prophecy. And I love the Devil's Train stuff he did. So when I saw that he was playing guitars, like, fuck, yeah, dude, that's awesome, man, because he's such a 
good guitar player, you know, not really super well known here in the States, but the guy's just so talented. I, he's killer, man. I mean, it's not only that. It's like it's like you're, you're looking for people that can play great guitar. That's a good start. But can they record at home? You know? Yeah. Can they record at home? And the, the tracks he's going to give me at the end of the day, are they going to be good? You know, are they going to be clean? Are they going to be well played? You know, I mean, I've had tracks from people who are pretty good, but they don't record at home. And it's like this scratchy sort of something that they send you that's not really edited. It's kind of the timing's kind of weird and stuff and everything. And, and they didn't quite get the message about what you want to do, you know. Whereas Lucky, I, I, he's actually going to play on two tracks, basically. But he'd done a track for me like a couple of years before. And, you know, what he sent me was amazing. So I knew that, you know, it's going to be quality, what it's going to give back to me. That's really important that when you send that to the mixing guy, the mixing guy is not going to come back and say, ah, you know, yeah, it's a bit out of time and tuning's a bit shit. And you don't need that stuff. Kind of, you don't need that kind of thing going on. So you need not only a great guitar player, he has to be, able to be good at recording himself. You know, he has to get the vision about what you're trying to do because, you you know, you're working remote. You're not in the same room. He's going to pretty much do what you did on the demo you know and obviously he's going to play his own solo because you've got a vision you know and of course he can do what he wants but he's you know he's got to stay in the, the boundaries a little bit about what the track's all about you know what i mean and it's it's that's professionalism to understand that you know and above all he said to me dave he said look should i do like a making on video and i'm like yes you know <laughs> give it here man because these making on videos are gold and i put that into my vlog and it's just incredible you know, because the people are getting a full, you know, insight about what exactly you're doing and also about how these tracks came to life. Whereas before, they wouldn't necessarily get that involvement. You know, they get a record and they got to imagine that you're in some big studio somewhere, you know, which possibly might have happened, but that's not possible now, you know. And he's the right. kind of guy, he sent me for the video, for the music video, he sent me a video, and for the making of, he sent me a video, and I was just like, oh my God, this guy's on top this guy knows exactly what I need, you know. It's just incredible, you know, professionalism through and through, you know. That's awesome, brother. So you said you have four to five songs. What's uh, is? Are you looking to have different guys on the whole record? You said you're going to do a reveal for every song, but there, it sounds like there may be other musicians involved on, I guess, the whole record. Uh I Absolutely, you know, it's it's a you know I'd love to have like a, a set of guys that's going to do it, but for me to say to a drummer, look, I want you to play ten songs for free, you know, that's that's a big deal. Yeah, you know? yeah. Say to like another guitar player, I got ten songs here, can you do it for free? That's 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 asking a lot, right? You know, and these guys have invested their time. Maybe we 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 do a swap. I, I sing a vocal on his track or whatever. Some guys have said to me, look, Dave, we can't donate to the website. But because we're musicians as uh, ourselves, we don't have the money. But I'll play on the track for you. I've got a, I've worked with him before. A great drummer. He's got a studio. So what, you know, the drums he's going to give me. Drums is a whole different ballgame. Playing a bit of guitar or bass on a track is one thing, but playing drums on a track, whoa, that's a lot of tracks. That's a lot of trouble. Is it in time? Is it going to sound good? You know. So these guys are gold. You know what I mean? So, oh yeah. Um, you know these. On every track, it's different guys, you know. I mean, it's a different drummer, probably. Maybe this, he's going to play two tracks, maybe. But it's going to be a different drummer on every track, different bass players, different guitar players. Absolutely. And, and uh, 
that's the only way it's going to work this kind of thing i cannot say to you know some a guy look can you play a whole record for free that's that's not that's not cool you know what i mean i can't expect that to happen you know? so I'm, I'm i'm involving different people and it's nice to bring people in together on a track that probably would never play together yeah that's pretty awesome man that's pretty awesome uh, I like that. I like that you're kind of mixing it up a little bit. So you have kind of a variety, and that's the beauty of like a solo record where it's not the same guys. You can add in a different guitar player, bass player, drummer, like you said. It's kind of funny, too. you got to think about it, dude. You've been around for a while now, so you have so many connections. So it makes it, I, I would think, a bit easier to where you can just reach out and say, hey, brother, can you give me a solid here, and I'll do you a solid down the line. So... That's pretty awesome the way this has come together for you, man. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I was going to say, and, you know, when you have, I got I got people watching these vlogs and they contact me. They say, look, man, I want to play on the track. Yeah, that, that's freaking awesome that they're reaching out to you and saying, hey, man, one, you know, I guess words out, like you said, about you got this record going. And that's awesome, man. You know, the, the, I got bass players. I got a lot of bass players who, who contacted me and it's kind of like, look i want to play on the track right and you know can you send me maybe a track that you want me to play on and i can't send it straight away because it's not written yet or i don't really have enough tracks or whatever and they're contacting me and saying you know uh yeah by the way um yeah you know what about this track you know i'm like well you know uh i, I can't send you anything at the moment but you're in you know what i mean it, mm -hmm. it's crazy so i don't have to look that far you know it's a bit of a problem with drummers you know i mean to, to find a drummer that can record himself at home and do a really good job you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. that's something else. but bass players and guitar players that's that's really no problem i mean generally the keyboards is going to be my friend there who's going to be writing a lot of the stuff with me you know he's an incredible musician julian sprutels he did uh, eternity he was the keyboarder on, on on writer of course on the immunity of the masses thing so yeah you know it's 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 not a big deal it's really not a big deal and sometimes i do switch on facebook and i go through and go oh yeah i know this guy man i'm gonna write to this guy <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty sweet dude that's dude i have people like reaching out to me now through like messenger and stuff like that and say hey uh check out our band we want to come on your show and i'm like dang this is pretty cool because i mean we've been doing it for what 15 16 years so of course we have some connections but it seems like now coming out of the pandemic and sort of coming out of it, uh, yeah, people are like reaching out and say, hey, man. So that's awesome, brother. That's all. I'm very happy for you. What, as far as uh, tracks, are you looking to do about 12 or are you looking to do a little less than that? Something something like that, you know. You know, I don't have – that's the, 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 the one plus point of many negatives, I suppose, of not having a record company is that I can do what I sweet – please want <laughs> that's awesome you know, saying, you know yeah. people expect me to have a record and then you know if, if, I, if I go to a record company they want the 10 10 11 songs or whatever from that moment we, we discuss this and that whatever yeah, and then we're going to discuss when we're going to release it yeah at some point in a year or whatever i can sweet do whatever i please i can get whoever i involved i can put whatever songs i want on this record you know what i mean I yeah. complete myself, and that is amazing. Yeah, you're your you own boss. <laughs> you, know. I, you know what I'm saying? And if I, yeah, totally. You know, I'll be honest with you now. The 
the the the the nobody really knows this yet, but whatever. Cats out the back. The the the, the video of the first track basically Bordenshoff played drums on the track. Okay. But he he has no time to do to make me a video. Oh, okay. right. I, I, you know, I said to him, look, you know, can you play through or whatever? And he said, look, I just can't. I just can't do it. He's so busy. He's doing this and that, whatever. And it's a big deal, you know, to set up and, and, and you know, make a, a good, cool looking video rather than just in the studio or whatever. Yeah, I've tried. I've strived to make a video that looks good. It's not just people sitting with their recording equipment. It looks like a video. I've strived for that. That's important. That's so I, I said, well, what do you do? What honestly do you do, man? I got to find another drummer right mm-hmm. who's gonna you know learn the song and he's gonna set his drum kit up outside or whatever or somewhere cool and he's gonna get someone to film it you know i gotta find somebody to do that because i don't want to not have a drummer in the video right mm-hmm. so i can ask a lot of people great musicians but who honestly is gonna play on who's gonna learn a song and pretend to play on a song right that somebody else has played and he's not actually on the, on the song really right yeah. It's not easy. So I got to find a young guy, right, who's a cool guy, but he's hungry. And he's a friend of mine, but he doesn't care about that shit. He's happy that he's on the video. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I got a young friend of mine called Tom uh, Pinenberg, Dutch guy, living in Eindhoven. And he you know, he, he, he said, yeah, I'm going to do it, man. So two days later, he set his drum kit out up in a field somewhere. And he got a friend to, to film him from above and from the front. He learned the song, played it a couple of times. For example, the stuff, he's in the video. Oh, that's awesome, man. You know what I mean? So yeah, for yeah. him, he's helped me in a big way. I got a drummer in the video. But for him, it's gold, man. It's more and more and more and more important because he's in the video, right? He's a young dude. He's like 27. He's, he's trying to get on in, in the music business. Corona's here, you know. There's no way that he's going to really get any further at this point in the game. But I've given him this big, massive chance to be in the video. Dude, that's freaking awesome, man. That is awesome. Like you said, it's so hard and to get in a video on YouTube and to be seen playing with David Reedman is like awesome. You know what I mean? You know, so, yeah, so that's, that's a great opportunity. It's just it, massive in, in many ways. Unfortunately, Bordeaux couldn't do it, but I'm not going to make a video with no drummer. No, you know, he no. couldn't. He couldn't send me some material, and I wanted to. You know, everybody's played through in some shape or form in in, in, their, in their garden or whatever. Or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, so that I have a video, and the video looks pretty good. I mean, I, I did it myself. I, I edited it myself. You know, I learned the, the what I what I do for my for my YouTube channel, and and I've I've been striving to make a video that looks decent, and that's what I did. Oh, dude, I can't wait to see it. And it comes out here, what, in a few weeks, right? So that's going to be awesome, man. I'm not even, I, I do a live stream and I watch it together with my people. You know, whoever's watching that night, we watch the video together when it comes out. Well, man, congratulations on a great song, dude. I really dig it. I can't wait to hear more material. I'm glad to see that there is going to be a full record here. I was, you know, we've talked about this before. I was bummed out that Immunity wasn't able to do another few tracks but you said that was just kind of hard to get everything together so knowing that you're doing a full record here and the way you're putting putting it together with different musicians has got me psyched dude i can't wait to hear what you're going to be putting out and it sounds awesome thank you very much it's it's a lot of fun that's the most important thing something like this you need a driving force that's me 
keep the whole thing together, you know, to keep to keep it running, to keep it keep it pushing forward. That's what I'm doing now. Um, really important. It's going to be many different people, but it's still going to be a solid record that sounds like a record. That's really, really important. It's going to have the red line running through. It's not going to be just like a, a big sort of jumble sale, a big flea market of, of, uh, <laughs> of stuff, you know. Yeah. Still the red line. Still going to have it sound like a solid record. I got one mixing guy. It's his job to make the whole thing sound like one thing, you know. But of course, it's going to be different people. That's awesome, brother. Well, uh, real quick, I, I did want to give you props for your vlog. I've watched uh, as many, uh, quite a few of them now. I really dig it. I love what you're doing promoting your product here. And I, I think it's cool, too, when you kind of go back into, like, some old video footage. I was watching one from, like, Russia. Uh, and was, I think the date was, like, 2017. That's awesome. You filmed yeah. a bunch of that stuff, and you're able to incorporate it into your vlog. That's pretty awesome, brother. Thank you very much. I, I, I've just I've just been working one with Tank from from the UK now, and I did a Finland one. And the funny thing is, I, I always did a lot of blah blah, you know, la di da's kind of like in the video, you know, talking myself. But with mm -hmm. the Finland one, I didn't do any of that. I just did a bit of extra over, you know, overdubbing voice kind of thing, you know, and just sort of threw it out there. But people people really like, they enjoyed it. You know, I'm I'm amazed. You know, it's kind of like. People like this back, backstage kind of, uh, you know, stuff that, that people are doing when they're waiting before they do the sound check and walking around in Finland because it's double, really. It's kind of like on one side, it's, you know, what I'm doing, my private life and a little bit. But on the other side, people can't travel at the moment. So if they can have a little bit of a backstage kind of look what it's like doing this and that and whatever, they also enjoy that as well. And I like that as well, to be honest, because you can't go anywhere at the moment. It's impossible. Yeah. So it's, it's good to watch that stuff, you know. And uh, I still have a lot of stuff, and I want to put that on my vlog. I want to. Com it's a combination, really, of a 50-50 of like the new thing that I'm doing, and then of the older stuff, you know. And I'm the biggie is, of course, building up the subscribers. That's what it's all about. Once you've got like a thousand people, once you release a that, re release a video, if everybody watches it, you've already got a thousand clicks. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, so yeah, for sure. Coming up to like 400. I started in the beginning of the year, you know, it's okay, but I'd like more, but it's difficult. It's difficult pulling in the people. It's not easy. You know, I've realized that real quick. If, if I was fishing or if I was, um, you know, golfing or doing some other kind of thing, which is a bit sort of kind of for everybody, you know, um, or, or just traveling or doing some stuff or whatever. I, I might be able to build, build up my subscribers possibly faster. But uh, with something like this, it's not easy. I, I really underestimated that. But they're coming in slowly but surely, and I'm glad about that. That's awesome, brother. Well, we'll uh, help spread the word about your channel here, uh, here at TheRightRock.com for sure, man. And I, I like what you're doing, man. It's very cool. It's very entertaining. Uh, and I like that you're sharing the old stories, which is really super cool uh, for me. Uh, one last thing I want to bring up is I on your vlog, I saw that uh, you're going to be selling some T-shirts. I'm not sure if they're in yet, uh, but do you want to tell us a little bit about those? Absolutely. This is basically, you know, they, you know, obviously I could order T-shirts and then send them personally out from my home in, in the Netherlands, but it just it's just not financially uh, possible, really. 
So it's a company, one of these usual companies. You upload your artwork to these companies, and uh, they do an amazing job. I ordered a, a T-shirt myself, which I wear sometimes in the vlogs, and it's been incredible. I've let's put let's put it this way: the the artwork and and uh, the cost to 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 upload and to to organize all this stuff for the website, it's already paid for. You know, I mean, it's already. You know, from now on, it's just a profit thing, basically. And I already sold, I don't know, 15, 20 T-shirts, something like that. There's, there's mugs on there. There's, 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 there's water bottles. There's masks. There's, there's children's T-shirts, baby T-shirts, you know, large, small. It's all on there. And basically, if you look on my vlog there's a, or, or, or on Facebook or somewhere like that, there's a, there's a link somewhere. You can find the website. You order it. It's it's Europe, it's stateside within like possibly a week or something like that, maybe a bit longer. You, you've, you've got the t-shirt. It's, it's easy done. I went for a design anyway for the, for the record Medusa, the, the title. I went for a design that also works really cool on t-shirts. It's, it's a design that I think a lot of people realize, wow, this is, this, this is a cool t-shirt. Man. This, this, this is a t-shirt you can just wear whether you, you're into me or not. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. it. But people, you know, make T-shirts and you make a, a cool design for the, for, the, for, the, for the front cover. But it doesn't really work on a T-shirt. And I wanted a T-shirt with obviously with a Medusa head, the face, the, the snakes, as, as hair, of course. Um, that was important for me. And I worked together with a Brazilian designer, Jobert uh, uh, Mello. I, he worked on my, my, my first record uh, together. And he's done uh, Sabaton. He's done uh, Primal Fear. Sinner and stuff like that. Also, some Voodoo Circle stuff. I think possibly made the website. But um, incredible artist, and um, yeah, it's been incredible. That was for me really important right from the beginning to get this website set up, and it's been really great. I think especially since I I got my T-shirt in and I can wear it on on the vlogs, of course, and people see it and they realize, oh, this is cool, man, and. Uh, the money that's made, obviously, from this T-shirt goes back into the CD anyway. You know what I mean? Perfect. This, you know, the the, the profits that I made on this T-shirt already have play, I've paid for a really great drummer. With I'm I'm not going to name drop just yet. I couldn't get him for free, which I understand. He has to go to a studio to record. He needs a bit of money to do that. So the money that's actually made on the T-shirt, I've paid him basically. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome, man. You got to do what you got to do, and that's that's awesome. You guys, are, you, you you can do this, and there's these modes of uh, things on the internet where you can make a little bit of money, uh, especially in the times we're in now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, it, it's you know, it's not about particularly me personally making any money. It's about making this product, making the CD, getting out right. to the people, and the people are involved. So you know, basically, if you if you donate thirty five euros to the GoFundMe. You pre-ordered the CD with postage, basically. But some people, some people have given me 250 euros, man. Oh, that's awesome, brother. You know, and I'm talking like two or three people. Right. So, I, you know, they're going to get the CD. They're going to get the limited vinyl. They're going to get a T-shirt. They're going to get the poster. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but anything else, I don't know. I mean, maybe we could go to, for dinner together or something. But, you know. <laughs> there you go. You know, they're going to get the full back full full whack you know no no question about it but that's it I, I, that's about you know the rest of the money makes a cd and that's it that's awesome dude well i guess very last question here um 
Do you have a timeline for the CD to be completed? Uh, are you looking at maybe a fall release, or what are yeah. you thinking right now? Of course, this year. It's not going to be any longer. You know, I'm, I'm going crazy at the moment getting these songs recorded and finished. Um, it's quite a fast process. I think four or five songs are pretty much recorded. Um, and then I'm sort of um, going to go back to a writing a little bit and then uh, see if I can find anybody else who wants to get involved writing-wise. But it's going to be it's going to be October, November, I guess. It's going to be out. Okay. It has to be this year. I'm not going to mess around. I'm not going to let people wait that long. But I'm going to release three singles, so there's going to be enough food out there to keep the people busy and listen. I'm going to hopefully make three, three videos, of course. In this day and age, you know, you can either make a cool video, which I did hope, which I hopefully did for this first song. Sure, you can make a making of type video. You can also, you can do lots of stuff. You know, people are happy to see anything. These days. But I don't want to just throw anything out there. Sometimes I watch videos where I'm kind of like, nah, nah, that's a bit rough. You know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah, a, yeah. Bit, that's a bit too poor. You know what I mean? And, and uh, no, that's not going to happen. But, uh, you know, since I'm doing the vlog thing, I got my green background. It's possible to make something, you know. And and uh, the first three tracks are definitely going to have videos. Absolutely. That's awesome, man. Well, Dave, before we let you go today, is there anything you want to tell the fans out there? Thank you so much for listening. Once again, if you want to donate in some shape or form, if you want to find, if you want to check out my GoFundMe uh, website, check me out on Facebook. I'm easy to find. I'm not hiding. You can also check out my YouTube want to hear you rock youtube um channel if you check that out like and subscribe and um i'm releasing one or two videos every every week basically and updates history stuff things about pink cream 69 voodoo circle things i've done in the past and um yeah looking forward to hear from, hear from anybody write to me personally you know no problem let's get in touch thanks for listening well, David, we want to thank you for coming back on the Genghis and Ragman show here on therightrock.com. And guys, get ready. April 2nd, you get to hear his new single, Shelter from the Storm. Make sure you check it out and send him some love and pick up uh, his uh, song on, is it going to be on iTunes or like platforms where they can purchase Everywhere. like the MP3 and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, man. So show David some love so we can get more music out of him. <laughs> but David, <laughs> always great talking to you, my friend. Uh, and again, killer song. Can't wait to hear more, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you for the support.
has been Gingus and Ragman, and you've been listening to the Right to Rock Rock. podcast, and we appreciate you listening, and we want to give a big thank you to Tracy G, who is the third unofficial member of the group. We appreciate all of his work, especially the Broken Man song, which is the theme song to the Right to Rock podcast. Also, we're going to give high props to our boys in Sonic X, Adam and Joseph, have lent us 13 to finish the show so what you're listening to right now is 13 by Sonic X so check them out and keep checking us out and horns up, up.